BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Davis Maddock, joined today by Eric Bimefor of Spike Week. It is the 4th of July. But of course, Eric and I are are big nerds and all we care about is uh, is fantasy football anyway. So we figured we'd do a little bit uh, of chatter here. And, you know, normally we uh, I figure it's like nice to start this show with, uh, you know, a little bit of news and notes. You know, what do we have going on around the league? There's literally nothing. We have not gotten a good news blurb out of any NFL team. I, I don't even what was the last good news blurb right now? The headlines on Roto World are a bookies.com article about Julio Jones and Robert Griffin, the third saying he's training every day and willing to return to the NFL. That's where we're at right now at this, at this stage of the off season. That is so funny that you mentioned that. Cause that's exactly how I felt this morning. I, like you said, I'm a huge nerd and got up and uh, was looking through some of my best ball teams and stuff. Cause I might draft my, you know, it's 4th of July. I might pop in a couple drafts yeah, or whatever. Sure. And I'm looking through, you know, some of my nerdy best ball stuff. And I'm like, let's go. Yeah, let's go look at Roto World and see what's going on. And the la- the latest thing, like you said, is a dude. And and it's such a clickbaity head uh, title, too. That's like the Packers are the odds on favorite to get Julio Jones. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know, I'm actually kind of taking a stand against Julio. And I'm like, well, that's not good for me. And I click into it and it's an interview with a dude from, I never even heard of bookies.com before, but it's never, a, it's a yeah. yeah. I, I don't even know who this guy is. He's a, it's literally useless news. It's like you or I saying, I think the Packers are the favorite to get. But that's what, Julio Jones. that is what the Packers beat writers have been saying this whole time. Is yeah. that, is that, but I think that's bullshit. I think he's signing with the Buccaneers. I just think it's much more of a Buccaneers fit than a Packers fit. The, the Buccaneers, this whole Brady era has been bringing in guys who used to be good at the, uh, they, they bring in Gronk, they bring in Giovanni Bernard, they bring in LaShawn McCoy, they bring in Brashad Perryman, <laughs> like all these, all these guys who are close to out of the league signing their very last contract. And they come in with the understanding that they're just going to be role players, right? Like whoever, yeah. whatever veteran signs with the Buccaneers knows that they're not jumping ahead. I mean, Fournette is actually another example of this. Another yeah. guy who was highly touted, disappointed in and most recent years got cut so just feels like a buccaneer sign and that's the way i've been drafting him i'm not taking a huge stand because i prefer fuller 
at, in terms of like a wide receiver who's going to be who is dead right now and <laughs> literally is, is like rise. actually might be dead and we don't even we would we know even we know. would have no will fuller will fuller could literally be like you know living in south america opening like a, a spa resort or something and we just wouldn't know i mean will fuller will fuller could be doing anything and we would have no idea they may it's have insane. amputated that hand. The last thing he posted was like an IG picture of his hand or whatever, you know, having had a follow-up surgery, which looked gnarly, by the way. And that's yes. the last thing. That's the last thing we've seen was like, I don't know, is like maybe they had to like drop, you know, they went JPP on his hand because he he messed it up so bad. Like we just have absolutely no idea. But the Julio thing, I was just gonna say, uh, the Bucks, it's kind of like if Antonio Brown wasn't a total psychopath. Like that's what the Julio Jones signing is for the Bucks. Like this older guy, this he's nearing the end. I forgot Antonio play. Brown. Yeah, just another example. Like a but he can play, uh, right? Yeah. But he he can play. Like Geo is dust, right? Lashawn McCoy was dust, whatever. But Brady trusted him. Whereas Julio is like Julio and AB are these like guys that can still play even at their older well, the, age. The it's Julio just... one makes even more sense because by the time he's activated his hamstring injury. Uh, Chris Godwin should be back, right? So like right. Julio Jones plays the first month of the season, injures his hamstring, and then instead of relying on the um, the Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Brashad Perryman group of guys, then you have Chris Godwin coming back from his ACL injury. Um, yeah. So it just it and it just makes a ton of sense. And I think it honestly, I think it makes more sense because you would have to imagine the Packers are just planning on playing some all-time boring football this season. Oh, yeah. Like a hundred percent. Look at who I, they've signed. It's all boring dudes. All boring old dudes. Like they have Tunyon back. So they're gonna play. They're gonna be honestly, I think they're gonna probably play a ton of 12 with Josiah Daguerre in there. And they're just gonna be running the ball. And no one wants to hear this, but Randall Cobb it's, it's truly has a chance to lead this team in targets. Now he might just be done. Like it might, they might get to like it might even be their plan to have Cobb be their primary slot guy, and then they get to the season and Cobb is banged up or just, you know, can't get open or whatever, and they'll have to change things in season. But I do kind of wonder if that is their plan right now. And he's he's part of uh, the reason that I've always thought the Julio to – people are putting Julio on the Packers because, A, the beats are, like, hoping for it mostly, so we're getting reports yes. about that. And, B, people don't, like, respect all the receivers that they have, so they're just like, oh, it's got to be Julio. But that's not really, to me, how it has looked from the outside. So – not a not a huge deal, but like they did spend a little bit of draft capital on Amari Rogers last year, and now him and Dude, he was a third of, round pick. I, I know, that, so it's like if if he was a third round pick this year, he would be going like pretty high in in drafts. But he was a third round pick last year and didn't play, so like he literally and, goes and not not only not only did he not play, but they were like calling guys up off the practice squad to play over him because they were so not like he. I think he probably is not going to make it. But he, I don't know. I mean, guys, you know, so it, this used to be the thing, a wide receiver. R rookie wide receivers used to not play, especially like non-first-round non pick wide receivers. Like, yeah. you, it used to be we waited for the third year for wide receivers to break out. That, like, 10 years ago in fantasy football, that was like a meme, was like the third-year <laughs> wide receiver breakout. And now it's like guys are out of the league by their third. Like, Jalen Rager's entering into his third season, and we're like, that guy's done. He's done. Yeah. We'll, we'll never see Jalen Rager again. I hadn't even thought about it that way, but somebody we're going to get to later falls into that uh, very polarizing third year wide receiver conversation. But just to put a bow on the Packers thing, it's like they brought in so many bodies and a lot of them are young, cost controlled, 
you know, rookie contract picks like Amari Rogers. Christian Watson obviously is the the most recent one. They still have Alan Lazard is obviously not going. He's the like only like locked in guy that's going to play on this team. Randall well, Cobb, Sammy. I mean, we could, Sammy, you know, God, we'll get to that. Sammy is a guy that one of these perfect veteran examples. Like they brought this dude in. He's I mean, Sammy Watkins to me is a hundred percent better than Julio Jones at this stage of their careers. I think. I really don't have a, a, a strong I, I take. Let's 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 uh, since the the theme of the show is we're going to be guessing things. Let's just guess mm. right now. I I don't know the answer to this. How old do we think Sammy Watkins is? Oh shit, that's a great I'm a, question. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess he is 28 and gonna turn 29 in season. I don't remember I was, when his birthday is. I was gonna say 29, and and my my theme was he's younger than we think he is. Okay. Than like the he, average person would think he is. He just turned 24 two weeks or 29 four weeks ago. His, I was his about birthday, to fucking say, there's the, did he come in yeah. the league at 16? <laughs> his birthday, his birthday is June 14th. He's actually a year younger than me because he was born in 93. So he okay. is he June 14th. So he is age 29. That would make him four years younger than Julio. Will Fuller is 28. So so him and Fuller are kind of the same type deal. I, I wonder if the Packers veteran wide receiver is just already on their roster and all these beats are just kind of like, they're looking like, they're like Oh, they're going to add who they're going to add Fuller. They're going to have Odell. And that guy's yeah. already on the roster. And that's what I, I, whether it's Sammy, whether it's one of these, right. Uh, the, our good buddy, Ben Gretsch is on Romeo dubs and other people are on. Romeo I, I've dubs. been taking dubs just because of Gretsch. Yeah. Yeah. But the, and uh, one of, uh, the guy who does really amazing work for me at, at spike week is actually really on your, your boy, Randall Cobb. Um, and I was just, well, Cobb, like, Cobb is not my, I draft all these guys. I, I yeah. honestly, I think Watkins dubs Cobb, Amari Rogers, it, it has to be pretty thin to draft him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think all those guys are really good. Like dubs Cobb Rogers are all pretty good 18th round selections because if, if the Packers, like, you know, if Aaron Jones gets injured, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, if Aaron Jones or AJ, uh, honestly, either of them, if AJ, if AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones gets hurt, they're going to have to change their offense. The, yeah. the Packers have to have the most pass catchers with an ADP. They have seven pass catchers with an ADP. If you include Tunyon, like that's got to be the most of any team. Right. And, and some of these guys like, uh, like there is a hundred percent, a scenario where Amari Rogers is a starting slot receiver for this team. And sure. like is, is a valuable fantasy asset. I'm not saying he's like going to set the world on fire, but like there are scenarios where, where it's like dubs Lazard and, and Rogers as the three wide receiver set. But then there's also scenarios where it's like Watkins Lazard and Randall Cobb. Right. Or, or, I mean, I guess technically Julio is in the range of outcomes. Like there it's just so uncertain. Um, but I think anyway, the whole point kind of was they have so many dudes and they already brought in some of these veterans. I mean, Aaron handpicked Cobb last year. The reason why Amari Rodgers they, didn't they play. Not, they traded for him. Them, he forced them to trade for his buddy, basically, because he didn't trust any of this these is, guys. This is like this is like uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant saying, not only do you have to, to give DeAndre Jordan a bunch of money, but you have to start him over Jared <laughs> Allen. And then, and then the and the if coach you don't do fired. it, the coach gets fired. <laughs> And then Jared Allen is a max contract player. And DeAndre Jordan was like analytically the worst NBA basketball player in the league last year. That's, I mean, but long story short, that's kind of why I think that other landing spots for Julio make uh, a little bit more sense. Um, but to the theme of what we were going to talk about, I do, I, I do agree with the general consensus of like Julio is probably going to rise wherever he goes. And I also think 
Um, we don't have to talk about necessarily these Packers, but we're, they're, a, they're like maybe the biggest example where whatever reports we get, right? The first training camp report, and it says Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb are running with the ones. All those guys. That's what the, there, there is, uh, there is an athletic article, uh, and it's, it's, um, what's the name of their head coach? LaFleur. LaFleur. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So he's saying, he's saying we're excited about Randall or this is Rogers quote, excited about Randall. We played a lot of football together, excited about Sammy, excited about Alan Lazard. He's been our dirty work guy for most of his career here. Now he's getting opportunity to be a number one wide receiver. So I'm not at all worried about him stepping in that role. Nothing on Watson, nothing on Dubes, nothing on Rogers, which is honestly, that's what you would probably expect is you would expect those three, the, the veteran guys uh, to get, to get the first crack. And then I, I would guess Watson is probably pushing Sammy and Dubs and Rogers are pushing Cobb, but no guarantee that, any of those young guys, especially knowing how Rodgers feels about rookie and young wide receivers. Like the guy, Devontae Adams wasn't good until year three and really, and really wasn't a star until year four. He had a good year three, mm -hmm. but I think he was like a seventh round pick in uh, like seventh round ADP when he was heading into year four. Like it, it took until year four for him to be like, you know, capital A, capital yeah. D, capital A, Devontae Adams. It was actually year five, interestingly enough. He didn't have a thousand right. yards till, yeah. till year five, but uh, 111 catches, 1400 yards, and 13 touchdowns in year five. Now, in year three and four, he was really good. He caught a lot of touchdowns, but he wasn't like Devontae Adams as we know him today. I also just think it's funny the Packers, when you read that article, it's like if you put the Packers receivers like in your spreadsheet or whatever, and you, you know, you had an age column in yeah. there, and you just said, What's the easiest way to predict perfect, perfect start for correlation the, between sort, age and sort targets? By, sort by age, you know, uh, highest to lowest and pick those guys at the top, whoever's the oldest, because those guys are probably going to start because that's just how Aaron Rodgers rolls. Um, I, I do think it's interesting because those will be the guys, again, to the theme of today that I think rise the most and then your Watsons and stuff fall. But the guy who it kind of makes me the most interested in is like Robert Tunney. Like yeah. those other guys are not target earners. I know everybody's infatuated with the running backs and I like them too. But like, if there's no one on the offense that can earn targets, Tunyon was just a touchdown score. So a, we know he can score touchdowns, but now what happens if he can earn a few more targets? Cause it's not Devonte Adams out there, you know, stealing targets. It's Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So quick exercise today. We're not going to, not going to be a super long show. Uh, we both we both got lives to live here on uh, on America's <laughs> birthday. But uh, the quick idea. So we're going to run through some of the controversial or I, I just think guys who have lots of room to move an average draft position will probably do like 10, 15 guys. And we are going to predict their closing ADP in best ball mania three. So, you know, September, September 1st, August 30th, ADP in best ball mania three. And I, I think one of the most interesting guys to start with is Mark Andrews because he was a guy who was going, I, we've already seen huge movement in his average draft position, right? So he was, when it first opened, when we were back in May, him and Kelsey were actually pretty close together. We, we saw, uh, I think, I want to say Andrews started at around 14, 15 in average draft position. He's moved back to uh, 18, 19. And uh, I was having this conversation with Kyle uh, Kyle Dvorak from NBC Sports Edge last week, and he was making a pretty valid point to me, which was the Ravens threw the shit out of the ball last year. In the five games that Josh, I, I, and I went to go look this up, 
the five games that Huntley and Josh Johnson started, this is crazy. They accounted for approximately 40% of the Ravens' total passing attempts. It was the only time in the, the Lamar Jackson era that the team had thrown more than 500 passes. And to make it even more dramatic, Lamar does not have a season in his career with more than 396 passing attempts, right? That's nuts. That is so low. That is unbelievable. And it's really easy to see why. The first is Lamar super efficient throwing the ball. So, and he has a really high uh, yards per attempt. And obviously a lot of the negative plays, like, you know, when Stafford is chucking it down to Daryl Henderson or Mahomes is dumping it off to Clyde here, like Lamar just goes and gets four yards himself which is good for real football, but not great for fantasy football. They get J.K. Dobbins back. They're getting Gus Edwards back. Their, their defense is hopefully not going to be the insane abomination of injuries that it was last year. Closing ADP for Mark Andrews, your guess. Oh, my gosh. So he's sitting at 18.6 right now, and I was also just looking, and I have literally not drafted him yet. Basically, be, I don't really have anything to add. I've, I've got him right outlined. in the market. I've got him like 9.5%. And it's not even – like it has no – nothing to do with him. It's just when this guy that has everything that you just outlined, like I, I can't think of a more um, perfect kind of like volume regression candidate than like that we've seen in, in forever. And which is, which, which can be okay. I, I'm, there are probably some volume regression candidates that I'm dry. Debo maybe is one that I am. I mean, Debo, I Debo is Debo is like the all time. Like he could yeah. just be the worst second round fantasy football pick without injury that we've seen in a long time. And I think if Mark Andrews weren't a tight end, I would put him in that bucket too, because if exactly like what you just said, like the, the, the circumstances, same thing for Debo, the circumstances in which they earned all this volume and kind of all the, the touchdowns and everything like that are like, so not repeatable. It's not even funny, whether it's just Lamar being back there, like, right. Like you said that just Lamar, you know, Huntley is a good runner. He's not Lamar Jackson. We've never seen Lamar Jackson. Um, in the history I mean, Huntley was throwing like 40 times a game. I, I would guess is, right he's now. He's a terrible passer. He's like not, he, he couldn't throw in college. He wasn't a good passer in college. It's just that he fits their scheme. And then they just had nobody else. He was not a fit with Hollywood. He can't really throw outside the numbers. And so it was just, and the defense, the defense was the biggest thing. I think even more than those pass attempts, the pass attempts were largely, um, you know, a benefactor of the defense, the whole, the Ravens are going to have a good defense and we should project them to have a good defense. Of course, that's variant year to year, but literally their whole secondary got hurt. They were trotting out like XFL corners, dude, and playing yeah. like the Bengals. It was really and stuff. bad. So they're just getting destroyed on defense. You know, Joe Burrow's throwing for 500 yards against them because they have XFL dudes covering Jamar Chase and T Higgins, which in turn just means now, like you said, Tyler Huntley has to throw 40 times. He couldn't throw it to anybody else besides Mark Andrews. So anyway, I haven't really been taking him. And I think that's, I think he's one of the guys that it just hasn't been a sexy name to talk about, right? Everybody will we'll definitely get to some of the sexy names uh, that people have been talking about this off season. But I think like people just dropped him in somewhere that makes sense. That kind of makes sense because he was so good last year. I think he's very clearly going to fall. I just don't see a way in which like there's, there's running backs probably around him that, that rise up some kind of wide receiver pops up. Like, I don't know, you know, uh, that maybe the chargers guys keep rising. I don't know, but I just feel like he's definitely a, a falling candidate. And what I was going to classify it as is like, where does Kyle Pitts kind of settle in? Cause I don't think he'll ever get, you know, super close to Kyle Pitts. But like if Kyle Pitts is going to pick 32 right now and Mark Andrews is at pick 18, I think that gap just closes a little bit. I think I, so I, I think they might flip. 
I, I think oh, I think okay. I think if we get I think if we get you know Kyle Pitts catches a touchdown in the preseason from Mariota and Drake London looks good and yeah you just you know because because there's all like all these shitty teams in the preseason it's really easy to talk yourself like every team right like all oh, the you know the, the Jaguars they're looking kind of good oh Davis <laughs> Mills you know developing year two like yeah. it's it, and then you get into the season you're like like the Lions are are the perfect example of this where like kind of a bunch of people who are who really grind the edges of the NFL are like you know they could be really good Goff is has been good as a distributor Jameson Williams DJ Shark Hawk is healthy you know and then you know, we might get to week six and the Lions like might just be a dumpster fire, right? A fucking but, Jared Goff offense with a coach that drinks like 17 cups of coffee and puts his right. hand in dirt when he wakes up every morning. Yeah. So I think, I think, uh, I think that is, I'm not going to say like, there's a lot of room to make up right now. Kyle Pitts goes 31 and Mark Andrews goes 18, but that way it would not surprise me if we see that gap really start to, uh, to close. Um, okay. Like 24, our, 25 or something like that, I guess I would say. Something like that. Okay. This is the this has been only trending in one direction. Ezekiel Elliott running back 17, ADP of 38.4. My guess is, you know, we get a little bit of him here in the in the preseason. We get a little a more best shape of his life type stuff. Oh, we're gonna use him as a receiver, yada yada. You know, he's clearly our our number one guy. And there's I think there's a lot of room specifically for running backs to move up because the guys who go ahead of him, ETN casual drafters are not going to be like, you know, when mm -hmm. we get a little bit more casual money in the rooms, ETN is going to come back down after being a big summer riser. And then Kamara, when this inevitable suspension comes, he is going to drop probably not as much as you'd think, probably about two rounds. I think just because he's Alvin Kamara and he's so good when he's in. Uh, and then again, Javante Williams, we, I think you and I both love him, but I mean, he, he is in a 50, 50 timeshare with Melvin Gordon, right? Like, mm -hmm. let's just be, let's just be real about it. Um, so I think, and, and I, the market is pretty much assuming Jacoby Brissett is the starting quarterback for the Browns, but I do wonder if, and when an inevitable suspension comes down, if Chubb moves down a couple spots as well. So I just think there's lots of room for Zeke to go up. Yeah. And he's the typical, um, I don't want to say casual drafter because it's you know there's sharp people that are interested in Zeke too but if you're you're into kind of the that archetype of a running back right I uh I can he's on a good offense I can project him for a lot of touches um you know he's been he's been good in his career those are the guys that people love to draft in the third round or whatever and he goes outside of the third round right now those people come in and in August and September and just smash that Zeke button. Because like you said, he's in this weird range where it's like, I don't know, nobody wants to really draft Cam Akers. ETN is definitely not that, that style of a player. <clears throat> and even like James Conner, like I know people similar type drafters like that, but like, if you just compare the names, like James Conner versus Ezekiel Elliott, like, right. Uh, you know, I think people like Zeke. So I, I, we talked about this on the Swolecats the other day where I think was it Peter, you asked about this, like whether you think Zeke goes up or down, I definitely think it's up, but it is also, <clears throat> there's a small percentage of the time where like we do get that first preseason game or that first camp report. And like Pollard is like working in with the ones or whatever. Like, I, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that they're going to do, continue to do the Zeke is in the best shape of his life thing. And, and, you know, we're going to get a lot of hype, but there is a scenario in which it's like, uh, Pollard, this is 50, 50 now with Pollard. Um, and so, you know, that's like what a 10% to 20% outcome, whereas the rest is, yeah. is Zeke really rising up around or so. Yeah. I, th I think you're like, 
feels feels uh feels insane to say but it does feel like if you are wanting to get a little bit of zeke now well the time to do it was in may when he was going in the fifth round right um (laughs) but if you if you want to get some i do think probably doing it now before some of the more casual drafters get uh get in the room Brees hall running back 19 feels feels like a third round pick to me feels like the same rise that jk dobbins and um how am I forgetting this guy's name? DeAndre Swift got as, as oh, rookies, yeah. right? Feel, feels like the exact same thing where running with the ones, you know, he's clearly ahead of Michael Carter, X, Y, and Z. we get some positive news on the Jets in general. Feels feels like an easy riser. Yeah, we, we, we haven't gotten any. Everybody hypes up all their players all offseason. Zeke's in the best shape of his life, right? Uh, last year, Marquez Callaway was the second coming of Randy Moss for the new Orleans saints, like all this stupid shit happens over the course of the off season. I remember uh, this one. I will just never forget. I, I'm, this might be the the most uh, useless player that I mentioned on more podcasts than ever. But you remember Colin Johnson is running with the ones with yeah. the Jaguars and like, you know, Colin Johnson might be the Jaguars number one wide receiver or whatever. He, well, he got cut obviously, but we got the opposite for the jets. <clears throat> Every camp report is like, Zach Wilson had another shitty practice, you know, Zach Wilson looks terrible or whatever. And it's, it's like keeping everybody's price down. I feel like, and I think we'll get to a point where that's not going to be the case. And again, like you said, I kind of like Michael Carter in general as a real life football player, but you know, they don't spend that capital on, on Brees hall and they have a scheme that fits him and, and all that. And I think it's going to be the typical thing. Like you just said, every year, those rookies sit in like this fifth round or whatever. And then, as as the, the people get hyped on the new shiny toy, you know, later in draft season, they, they just move up. So kind of same thing as Zeke, dip, very different circumstances, but kind of the same thing as Zeke. It's like Cam Akers after, like our memories of Cam Akers are like <laughs> him, like, you know, limping around and fumbling and, and losing snaps to Daryl Henderson. Right. And we're going to get Brees Hall coming in like, oh, look at this hot shot young rookie. He's catching passes. The Jets are, you know, we're excited about the Jets. And so he moves up around and and some of these other guys fall. Yeah. Um, all right. Probably the most interesting one, Russell Gage, right? So Russell Gage has seen a meteoric rise. Russell Gage was like a 10th round pick. Now he's a sixth round pick going ahead of Drake London, Hopkins, Michael Thomas. And the market is, uh, you know, making a, a, a correct assumption that he's going to play a lot to begin the year. But what if we actually get the news that Chris Godwin is starting the season on the IR. I literally, I literally think he can get up to the fit. Like, I think he can get ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown, ahead of where Godwin goes, ahead of Mooney. Probably right, Smith Schuster is where I would draw the line. Like wide receiver 20. I, I could see him getting up to wide receiver 27. That Russell Gage. It's so insane. And so I, I just pulled up his his ADP from from I don't remember exactly what day Best Ball Mania uh launch but the latest date we have on our charts is may may 13th i think that's that's right anyway may 13th russell gage adp 103 on underdog today 73 we, we have we've seen almost a three round rise in not even two months on russell gage and i you're absolutely right i think the market is correct about kind of their assessment of the situation and i've kind of liked him you know i've kind of like <laughs> The circles that we run in, it's not really a, a a beneficial thing for your brand to talk positively about Russell Cage. So right. I've kind of just been like, you know, hiding in the shadows and like drafting him a little bit. But I, I just can't see how he how he goes up anymore. Like we're just in this debt. Even if we, I feel like it's baked in now 
that Godwin is going to be out into this cost, right, for an extended period of time. But again, there's a scenario where we get a positive Godwin report. And it's like, oh, no, Godwin, maybe he's going to be back by week three or something. And then Russell Gage just plummets. And so he's he might be the toughest one of this entire conversation that we have because everybody loves to draft with week one in mind. Right. That's yeah. The Zeke, the, the running back, why, why are running backs so popular, like in the dead zone and stuff? Because of week one. Right. Why does Josh Jacobs go where he goes every year? Why did Mike Davis go in the fourth round last year? It's because everybody drafts with week one in mind. And he's like the wide receiver version of that. But on the other hand, it's Tom Brady. Like he supported five weapons last year. Tom Brady did, um, you know, with Gronk and AB and everything. And so maybe he just kind of sits here, falls like, I don't know, 80, maybe 80th or something like that falls a little bit because people kind of uh, just can't, we, we can't possibly take Russell Gage in like the fifth round. Can we? I, I don't know. He's very difficult for me to. to Buddy, assess. people took people took Mike Davis in the fourth round. They can take Russell Gage <laughs> right. in the fifth you're round. Right. You're yeah. right. Julio Julio was on the on the run heaviest team in the league with AJ Brown as the wide receiver one, and Julio went in like the fifth round at age 32 or whatever. So you're right, but it's he's 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 difficult. Um, he's very difficult. I think. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm not taking him at I can't, that price. I can't. I can't and I'm not, anymore. I'm not taking him at the price. He is, he is there. Um, yeah, you know, there's just some guys I'm just going to be short on. Like Joe Burrow is one of them. It's like, I can't take Joe Burrow over Russell Wilson or honestly, even, even Trey, like Trey Lance. My, my prediction is that he is going to end as the quarterback five. He's going to go ahead of Hertz, uh, maybe ahead of Murray in like the 55 to 65 overall range. Once he is initially announced as the starter. I like that. I was just also just looking at the site by site ADP. Funny thing is we're like scoffing at pick 73 for Russell Gage on underdog. And it's obviously half point PPR is it's pick 67 on DraftKings. Yeah. 67. And so it's just people he's, he's just the guy that just fits everything fell together perfectly for him to rise. And I'm not sure that in, like from when he was going at pick 100, I don't really think anything has changed. Like the story was still the same back then. It's just slowly the market got hip to this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, I think you are, are likely, I think you're likely correct. I mean, I just, uh, you know, but Lance, like everyone knows like the, the moment, the moment that Shannon says Lance is our guy or Jimmy Garoppolo is traded or cut or whatever mm. Lance, I, which I think is, I just don't, it seems untenable from like um, a like human perspective to have Jimmy and Lance on the same team again for yeah. another season. Like it just feels like that that is just really asking for trouble. Yeah, I I, I think so too. I think something's going to happen with Jimmy. The problem is they they misread their hand. No one wants him. Certainly not at any cost. That you know. Uh, given his his salary and given just his level of play, nobody really was was very interested in him. And they're they're out here talking about we need a second round pick for this guy. Like <laughs> they're they're absolutely nuts. But <clears throat> I, do, my question about him is: I obviously, as you know, am a, a, am not rational as it comes to to Trey Lance. He's my highest owned quarterback uh, on every site, basically. But do you think it's going to require Jimmy G to be traded? For in order for him to truly reach his peak ADP, because if Jimmy st is still on the roster, there will probably still be enough people that are just like, but he well, could get benched. But he so could if, get benched. if if Shanahan just says Lance is starting week one or whatever, Lance is our guy, he'll rise 
he'll get ahead of Brady and and probably Russell Wilson, but not true rocket ships. But if Jimmy gets yeah. traded, it will be it will be real rocket ships. And you think he can pass like Burrow and Hurts, so like like you said. So they're in the 60s, that's right? that's the line. I I would say maybe Hurts. People just don't like Jalen Hurts for whatever no. reason. Um, even though I think probably his fantasy range of outcomes are pretty similar to Trey mm-hmm. Lance, but and and probably has better guys. I mean, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. <laughs> it's like they're, that's a, that's that's coin flipping between iu Debo, like the same. And Kittle. yeah, it's yeah like they're, the same. they both have unreal situations yeah yeah and the eagles probably want to even be a little bit more pass heavy than yeah. um than the 49ers do but burrow for sure i mean we've said this a hundred times it's like the burrow adp makes no sense i think i think a lot of the times the season the Bengals can like even miss the playoffs and stuff and just no one no one is accounting for this like joe burrow is is the new you know, people are so fucking fickle, you know, it's like, it's like everyone wants, everyone wants to back Burrow and Herbert right now because, because Allen and Mahomes are old news, you know? Yeah. It's so Which it's is, so bad. Is, isn't that so stupid? Like, why are we backing the guy who like can top out at like 250 rushing yards or whatever and needs, <clears throat> needs Jamar Chase to score? Like, I forgot. I, I don't know if it was Hayden or somebody. I always default to Hayden because he posts a lot of these really good um, kind of like expected fantasy numbers and stuff but somebody posted like jamar chase ex- exceeded his fantasy uh his expected touchdowns by like 10 last year or something because he just you know and and, and he, he's probably i, I believe his that his i believe his average distance of touchdown if i'm remembering correctly was 32 yards like the the <laughs> median the median distance of his touchdowns so it's just so absurd like Devonte adams scores all his touchdowns like at the two yard line Right. Like, and then a lot of guys do, you know, they keep throw the goal line fades. They're stupid. Like yeah. it's, it's a dumb thing, but that's, it's real in, in football, but Jamar chase is just catching jump balls and winning one-on-ones. And he's obviously like maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL. So he's going to do that. But like, you can't expect a bunch of 50 yard touchdowns to buoy your quarterbacks scoring, right? Jamar chase can earn some of that. But, you know, sometimes he's going to get tackled at the one and then Joe Mixon's going to score or sometimes, you know, it's going to be pass interference. Like you just can't rely on throwing up jump balls to wide receivers all year for for your quarterback. And so, um, yeah, I, I've we've talked about it a million times. We don't need to keep talking about it, but I, I don't get the Burrow thing other than other than in these tournaments, like with the what, like underdog with the playoff format and stuff where you just don't want to be out on that high octane offense you know what i mean i don't want yeah like i don't really want to take burrow very much in like drafters and like the cumulative scoring i think now but but you can't i think it would be bad to get to the playoffs to have and be like i got no burrow right you know like (laughs) it just i don't i think is i think it's bad how low can Traylon burks go i think burks assuming that he either doesn't play in the preseason or doesn't play well in the preseason i think he can get below robert woods so I think Woods can is also assuming that Woods plays in the preseason and is not on the pup or on the IR or anything. So Woods is wide receiver 49, 101 overall. Burks right now is the wide receiver 42, 87th overall. But that is a, I mean, he has been, you know, if you if you pull up the draft IQ tools, it's been nothing but a downward slide for Traylon Burks. And I I I don't really foresee us getting a blurb or a news report that shifts him the other way. I think he would have to. I, I mean, I think he like the Titans would have to come out and be like, we're not at all worried about this asthma. He's playing in all the preseason games. Yeah. Which I don't think is going to happen. You are not kidding. If you, if you, uh, 
put the the Russell Gage and the Traylon Burks ADP uh, graphs right next to each other, they are they they are literally the, the exact opposite. One, yeah, Burks Burks going from pick seventy all the way. I mean, on DraftKings, on DraftKings, he's down in the hundreds, one eleven as of today, and started at he started a little lower eighty from. So he's he's felt he's fallen thirty picks on DraftKings, and Gage has risen thirty picks. They've basically done a swap between the two. Which is really funny when you think about it, because like normally it's the young guy that that rises. I know but I it, it's 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 in reverse and very Titans fashion. It's the old <laughs> guy being preferred over the young guy. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is I just can't see a scenario in which I mean, I guess again, if we're putting like you know probabilities, ranges of outcomes, there's a twenty percent chance or whatever that he is running with the ones when we get to camp, and you know we get the the CD Lamb esque you know uh, highlight reel catches posted to Twitter or whatever. Right. But like that was like with the Cowboys and like this, this team's GM just came out and basically said anyone that thinks about analytics is a moron. And like, we just draft good football players. And we, you know, we, we throw the tape on the, on the TV and we just draft the good football players. Like this guy is not thinking in the same way that most of us are about the game. He, he certainly is not going to care about if Traylon Burks, like, honestly, he's probably like offended by the fact that Traylon Burks has asthma. He's like real football players don't have. Yeah. Asthma. He's, he's like real men, <laughs> real men, real men don't have asthma, bro. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I just, it's really hard to find a scenario. You already, like I'm already, and I think the market is down on the Titans sands, AJ Brown. And with Derrick Henry getting older, nobody really liked Tannehill in the first place. Uh, Robert Woods is, you know, not a sexy name uh, and coming off an injury. So I just think there's just a lot of stink everywhere all around this entire situation that I don't know. Like I said, there's like a 20% chance, I guess he just comes out and we get some highlights, but there's also like a, a huge chance that like we get to preseason game one and he's running with the twos or threes, you know, and it's, and then it gets even worse than this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rashad Penny. I could see Rashad Penny mm. maybe being the single biggest riser with it, with a confluence of two things. So the first thing being them trading for an actual NFL quarterback could be, <laughs> uh, you know, could be Baker Mayfield, could be Jimmy Garoppolo, <clears throat> Andy Dalton. I mean, just like, seriously, like just any NFL quality quarterback. And then Pete Carroll just coming out. And we've already, we've already seen it a little bit. So Walker has came, has come down a little bit. He was running back 28. He's running back 30 now, and Penny was running back 38. He was going behind Cook, behind Edmonds, and now he is up at running back 35. I think Penny could get all the way up to the Miles Sanders, A.J. Dillon, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs uh, set, and I am I am like absolutely getting him. I'm absolutely drafting as much of him right now as I can because I, I am expecting Seattle to add a quarterback and I'm expecting Penny to at least start the year as the lead running back on a team that wants to run the piss out of the ball. Yeah. Um, I was, I was very curious as you were talking it through because I'm, I'm pretty in on, on Penny and I do have, I have 13% Penny at about pick 125 on, on average. So that that's been, his situation has been pretty good. So clearly you see that I'm, I'm interested in it. And I just don't foresee a scenario where they don't get one of these quarterbacks. Maybe I'm ignorant, you know, and the Seahawks are just, we just talked about the Titans being, you know, this kind of crazy. I mean, every, uh, every day that passes the amount of money, the Browns are willing to eat on Baker Mayfield is going to increase because game this out. You don't trade Baker Mayfield. You don't cut Baker Mayfield. Deshaun Watson is suspended indefinitely by the NFL. 
and you're right, and you have ruined the relationship with Baker so much that he's sitting on the sidelines in sweats and Jacoby Brissett and Nick Mullins are your quarterbacks like that from an or just from like a fan relationship perspective that is untenable you cannot you cannot use Jacoby Brissett over Baker Mayfield when when you're you're paying Baker what is it his his, I think his option is 16 and a half million dollars I think you can't pay Baker 16 and a half million dollars to sit on the sideline when Jacoby Brissett is your quarterback think about how crazy just I mean the whole Browns thing obviously we don't need to get into Deshaun Watson and so maybe they clearly just don't care about optics at all I mean well I don't I I think I I think they do I think I think that was the move I think they they had a meeting and they were like we can get Deshaun Watson not because he wants to come here but because we can be the only team (laughs) that will fully guarantee his salary because that's what the reporting was the reporting was all these other teams the Falcons the Panthers there was another team that I'm forgetting and they were all willing to make him offers contingent upon not being suspended. And the Browns said, buddy, we will just give you your money when you're ready to play. And we'll structure your salary, your contract in such a way that if you can be uh, suspended you, and still get paid. Yeah. You're not going to lose anything. We're going to, we're going to give you hundreds that's of millions That's clearly why he chose the Browns. That's clearly why this happened. A hundred percent. And so just, you know, uh, forgive me if I don't trust that organization, but it would be, just kind of a totally insane thing to happen if former number one overall pick quarterback who you've now run out of town, even though, you know, I'm not the world's biggest Baker fan. I don't think anybody really is uh, other than pretty good, pretty good on commercials. Um, So maybe he has a career in that after, after football's over, but he's like, fine. I don't know. A little below average NFL quarterback or something like that. Baker Mayfield, 2020 Baker Mayfield. 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 7.7 YPA. He was good. They won yeah. a road. They won a road playoff game. How many Browns? This is how many. <laughs> how many Browns quarterbacks have won a road playoff game? I mean, honestly, I would guess no one has done it in this iteration of the Browns, other than Baker. Like, no, the, like no. the this the yeah. He has to be the only one. And so, and again, this is a number one overall pick. And was kind of the face of the franchise, whether they kind of chose that or not. Maybe it's just he's a he's a, a good personality. Having, like you said, having him sitting on the sideline watching Jacoby Brissett and Nick Mullins quarterback this team, while also having this Deshaun Watson situation going on, and having a Super Bowl caliber roster. Like that's the other thing is like this isn't like the Texans, where it's like ah oh, whatever, you know we don't really care. We'll we'll, we'll figure. Yeah, this they thing they out. have a lot of good players. They're really good. I mean, they just trade. You, you also don't trade for Amari Cooper if you're not like trying to win. You how know how I mean? good does that deal look, by the way? How good is the uh, compared to what Christian Kirk and and uh, AJ Brown like these guys were costing first round picks and 150 million dollars to secure? Yeah, and uh, they got Amari Cooper for a fo- what was it a fourth and a fifth, and he's making less than Christian nothing. Kirk. Nothing. Yeah, the Cowboys definitely misread the market. Like looking back Big on it, time. the Cowboys <laughs> definitely misread the market and are fucking themselves and running into the season with James Washington as a starting wide receiver. Like they, they real, I mean, classic Cowboys just leveling themselves. Definitely classic Cowboys. But I, I think um, just, just with the, the uh, going back to Rashad, Rashad Penny, it's hard for me to imagine Baker or Jimmy or something like it's a, it's not going to be Drew Locke. Uh, sorry to our buddy Chris Spaggs. <laughs> Not going to be Drew Locke. I think it's going to be Gino if if uh, if they it stays how it is right now. But it's hard for me to imagine it's not like Baker or something like that. 
in which case, like, I don't know, a Baker Mayfield offense with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and, and Rashad Penny and Ken Walker, like I think it seems, and no offense, I, I think it seems like a totally fine offense. We know they're going to run the shit out of the ball. And yes, they drafted Kenneth Walker, but Rashad Penny's like really, like already really good. Like, and they really don't, they good. don't care. They don't care at all about what they're paying guys, where they drafted guys. I mean, this Penny's is this, proof of that. Penny's literally proof of that. <laughs> Chris Carson started over Rashad Penny his whole career. And he was, I can't remember if he was seventh round or undrafted, but yeah. I mean, that's just and Penny what they was do. a first round pick. Penny was a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't care. They don't care at all. They're just, they, they, that, that is like Pete Carroll's whole bit is like, I only, I'm only, I'm just playing the guys who are the best in practice basically. So you think if, if he gets a, he's actually a really, really interesting one, especially for the way that I draft, you know, kind of more zero and hero RB esque. I, I would, like, I, I would bet right now, September 1st, Penny is going ahead of Walker in best ball mania i would i would so bet like, strong on that what did we say his adp is right now right now penny is running back 35 106 so maybe like in the 80s upper yeah. 80s and or, i think i think singletary will be a big riser as well because it's mm. the, from the bills it's all been singletary's our guy we still trust him and james cook does not profile as a guy who's going to play more of the snaps james cook profiles as like what they wanted JD McKissick to do. Right. And that's, that's a, that's an issue for Singletary, like not going in the fourth round. Yeah. Like, that's right? an issue like, for him not playing a hundred percent of the snaps it, like he did in the chiefs game, but not playing 65% of the snaps <laughs> and having goal line work still on the, on, on the bills. Like on uh, the bills. We, we want, we want that, right. We're drafting. I mean, we're, we're, I'm looking at this, this ADP where AJ Dillon is going 70th overall He's not going to, you know, he's not going to catch many passes on the Packers who, I don't know, they, they don't, they might, like just, they might just run, offense. they just, they might just run the ball 450 times though. Right. Antonio Gibson. I, <clears throat> Lord knows I love Antonio Gibson's um, right. talent. JD McKissick is going to catch the passes and Brian Robinson might steal the goal line work. We're taking a, uh, Antonio Gibson at pick 69. So what's the difference between those guys? I mean, CEH is still going, you know, in the seventies, what's the difference be- between those guys and Penny and Singletary and those, th- I, I don't know. I, I keep drafting those guys, Singletary, Penny. Uh, I'm trying to just scroll. Uh, we can do, we can do Ramondre next. Cause he was the next guy that, that came. Yeah, Ramondre, Ramondre and Damian Harrison are also going to flip. I, I don't know when, I don't know what the impetus is going to be. I don't know if it'll be a report. I don't know mm-hmm. if it'll be a preseason game. I don't know if Damian Harris will get injured. I don't know if they're going to cut James White, which will obviously improve yeah. Ramondre's value. I don't know if they'll trade James White or trade Damian Harris. They're, the Patriots beat writers have been saying that, that the, the Patriots would be open to trading one of their veteran running backs so they don't have to give them a second contract. But I just I just feel extremely confident in this that Ramondre is going to be a top 100 pick and going ahead of Damian Harris at some point. Yeah, it's already started to move that way, and so it's one of those where any any report at all is just gonna people are gonna go nuts because people are are have already kind of started to lean this way out on Damian Harris and in on Ramondre, and so he has multiple outs, right? Like you said. Damian Harris could get traded. Ramondre could just be running. I mean, it's also just feasible that he just runs with the ones. He's just the best back in the backfield. James White could get traded. There's just so many outs to him. Uh, you know, even just a simple report when when your uh, play callers are what uh, Matt Patricia and uh, 
uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Joe Judge. Now, the Joe Judge. You know, two of the dustiest. Yeah, it's, hand it's in a the problem. Dirt. Yeah, but that, but you know, a report could easily come out where they're like, oh yeah, Ramon, you know, Ramondre is the man. We need to draft him or whatever. And so, uh, I've been smashing him too. This so maybe we're just talking about the guys that I've been mostly mostly taking that I, I think are going to rise. I guess. Well, I mean, obviously in this range, we're taking guys that we expect to go. Like, yeah. I mean. Uh, Are you I guess focusing we on that a lot? Are you focusing on that? Like, like these guys, Penny, Ramondre, where you like them, obviously, and that's why you think that they're going to, going to rise, but also like, but is just there trying anybody... to get good prices. Not, not there... as, not as much, not, not, not as much as I like, like, I guarantee like when Leone's drafting these, Leone is going through like, oh, I bet Chase Edmonds is going to go way higher. So I need to be drafting him now. Mm. Um, but and then there are some guys I'm trying not to draft now because I know that they're gonna fall. So like Michael Gallup, like they're gonna announce yeah. him on the pup kind of any day. He's gonna go down. I mean, Godwin is a great example of a guy who is like, <clears throat> if you like Godwin, drafting him now is terrible because he's gonna yeah. be an eighth round pick uh, at at some point. Um, I wonder. I I do think depending on preseason reports, we'll see movement on Fields, Tua, Lawrence, Daniel Jones. Uh, just the Zach Wilson, just some of these background could be Mac Jones, like Tannehill. I don't know which ones, and I don't know what's going to lead there, but quarterback ADP in the, like in a pick 100 to pick 200 is super sensitive to this guy looks good in training camp. This guy looks bad in training camp, et cetera, et cetera. My, my yeah. guess is we see some steam on Lawrence when he plays well in a preseason game because people yeah. just, people just like Trevor Lawrence. It happened. La I mean, it happened last year uh, also with like Visca. Uh, Visca had that one really good uh, uh, preseason yep. performance, and Lawrence was kind of was kind of tied to that. Obviously, it's also funny. <clears throat> it, it was just you mentioned the Godwin thing, and it made me kind of just like think about how many teams have done these kinds of things, like draft these guys at really truly horrible prices. Because like I, I, I think I have zero Godwin um across all sites uh, maybe an auto draft or something like that here but so there's been more I, than I was taking him a little bit early because I hadn't done the napkin math on how long the ACL yeah. injury would take <laughs> so so that's on that's on me but isn't it funny so like there's been just in best ball mania three not a, there's been even more drafted on on DraftKings, and then when you add in drafters or whatever you know but just just in best ball mania three it's been a hundred thousand plus drafts basically or, or entries excuse me entries and so that's you know uh, uh 8,333 drafts or whatever have uh, players, uh, drafters have taken Chris Godwin, you know, in the fourth round or fifth round or whatever. Right. And it's like, if you just waited, he's going to go, he's going to get announced on the pup. And if you still want him, you're going to get him in the seventh, eighth round or whatever. And it was, uh, so it's just like a funny, like you said, when you just do that super quick thought, uh, experiment on like, uh, actually I'm pretty sure he's going to miss. So I can just wait if I still want him and I might want him. Um, but I could just wait a little bit. I mean, that's the, that's really the, the, the profile of guy you'd like to have in this tournament. Cause his advance rate should be kind of low, but his ceiling in weeks, 15, 16, 17 is going to be Huge. very high. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a second, he's a second round pick, uh, give or take that you're going to, I get think, I think late. had he not torn his ACL, he'd be going ahead of Evans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he would, he, he would, he's a total smash. And so he would just have to figure out that, that type of thing. But <clears throat> while we're they're talking the, rising and falling he's definitely a guy that's going to fall but he's one of these guys that's going to fall where like i'm going to be actively looking for a spot to to pounce on him because of exactly what you said like dude you get you get you get him back after like let's just say week six or something like that 
and you get the Bucks wide receiver one with like a weekly ceiling of like 35, 40 fantasy points every, every single week in the eighth or ninth round or something like that's when I'm going to want to pounce on him. Yeah. All right. What's uh, let's, let's close it out with this. What is your guess right now for a guy who is like close to a last round pick 17th, 18th round doesn't even get drafted every single time who ends up with a, let's say 100 ish ADP, just a, a meteoric Ooh. rise, you know, a, a Daryl Williams, uh, yeah, like Daryl Williams, perfect example, like a guy who's undrafted, who's now I think running back 49. What's your, what's your guess there? So I got two. <clears throat> and I, the, and this, the, the, the problem with this is it's going it's informed by injury. Like they're, they're right. So that's, let's, that's let's hard ignore to guess. That. Let's yeah. no injuries, no, in, no injuries included. Um, and I, I have, I have two, one, well, the very first one that jumped to my mind. And again, we talked about this on the swole cats the other day, that this, this is the situation that I've been trying to draft just about as much as possible right now. I'm not drafting. I've drafted a lot of teams already. I have a little drafters fatigue, I think, but when I'm drafting right now, I'm trying to think about exactly these situations where it's like, if this one thing happens, I'm getting, this guy's going to get crazy steamed up and it is back to the Browns but they're running backs. So obviously yeah. Kareem Hunt this, already goes Kareem there. Hunt and Dearness Johnson. Dearness, right? And yeah. so in this, 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 it's this last round pick Dearness, Dearness Johnson has an ADP on underdog of two twelve, right? And so that's, that's exactly about where he doesn't always get, get picked, but he's an 18th round pick and a, we know this dude can ball. He's a good football player. So I don't yeah, have any is. questions about that, but I also don't see a scenario in which both Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson remain on the Browns. And so it's like either he gets shipped out. Um, the my, my favorite one, I think right now, just that I've been thinking about is Kamara gets suspended and one of these guys gets traded to the Saints. And now you're getting just like, whether again, whether it's Dearness traded or Hunt traded to the Saints, you're getting like an absolute smash for the guy that goes to the Saints. But then you're also getting like one of the best, you know, one B slash handcuff running back. Like what's, what's the real difference between, between like AJ Dillon and Dearness Johnson, if, if other than I guess the offense, but you know, he, he could just absolutely go from two twelve to, you know, a ninth round pick if that happens. And the only other one, which uh, I forget who mentioned this, that I thought was really interesting that the Raiders, you know, did not pick up the fifth year option for Josh Jacobs and yeah. they have a new coaching staff in place. And then they drafted Samir white. And it's like, what if we just get the camp reports and Zamir White is the starting running? <laughs> like Josh Jacobs See, uh, is I James think, White. I think Kenyon Drake is the way to play that because Zamir White, Zamir White is not a pass catcher at all. No. And I, so they, they signed Brandon Bolden, who is going to be 32 now, which it maybe at least indicates that they want to have a different third down back. But Drake, mm -hmm. I mean, even though Drake has been largely disappointing since leaving Miami and honestly, even in Miami, like he's got to be better than Brandon Bolden. I hope I hope so. That would be really bad for his career if he's but not he, he, better. Ken, Kenyon Drake fits the mold of like the Patriots style offense of like having a guy who can do a little like the like he like Rex Burkhead in the McDaniels offense is kind of Shane Vereen, uh, Kevin what Falk was the, type guy. What, and who was the the small little running back that Brady had for uh, a couple of years? They brought in from the. Patriot Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis, uh, Dion Lewis you know, was a was a fantasy stud. Yeah, he was a he was amazing. And I think Kenyon Drake could be similar to that. But my just that my thought on Zamir White was like it would be the opposite. He would not be that guy. He would be um who's the 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 Garrett Blunt, 
Yeah. And then, and then, but Josh Jacobs, they'd be like, look, your best thing is kind of catching passes. That's actually what he did best at Alabama. And maybe he's like, let's just use you in the pass catching role. And let's use Zamir white in the Garrett blunt role on a pretty good offense. Um, in which case, you know, same thing. Why is he going in the last round as opposed to the ninth round or whatever? So same, same idea, basically. So I have one weird answer at running back, which is Trey sermon. Like, oh. we. Oh no, I can't be take bad. him because I'm all loaded up on Tyrion Davis price. And I don't, Damn. I don't think I want to middle that bet. I will middle that bet. Um, if it get like, if it, if it gets there, but if Trey Sermon comes in and is playing in the first preseason game with the starters and Kyle Shanahan is bigging him up. And I, I forget the name of their, uh, some of their other offensive coaches. They, they have a running backs coach who, who talks to the media sometimes, but if, if, if the beats are saying he's ahead of Tyrion Davis price, you know, I mean, one, that's terrible for me, but I can see it. Uh, and then Snoop Connor for the Jaguars is kind yeah. of the same thing where if it gets, if it gets to be August 15th and we haven't seen James Robinson at practice, like I don't think anyone thinks ETN is ready to handle 250 carries in an NFL season. And uh, Snoop Connor was a fourth round pick, fifth round pick, but you know, it's just the, it's yeah, it's, it's like, James Robinson was undrafted, right? So it, it doesn't matter, right? So he yeah. he is one of them. And then the, the, my wide receiver one is Pringle because um, he's good and I'm kind of predisposed to – and and um, the field that's drafting in BBM is kind of predisposed to guys like field, Fields anyways as well. Yeah. Uh, Hay- Hayden has done good <laughs> research on this, showing like zero RB drafters draft the same. I was talking about this with Kyle last week, like – Zero that RB article. drafters yep. draft the same types of players. The the robust RB drafters draft the same type of players. So the the fields guys are and and I would expect that Pringle is good, just going to look good at at all. You know, he's just going to look good in preseason. He's going to look good in training camp. He, he has no one putting pressure on his job at all. At all. No. No. Daz Newsom, uh, Velas Jones. No. No pressure. No. Yeah. Um. Th- this is this is uh. Uh, a sad uh, admission, but I have so much of the bears and it screams well, it screams partially of the bears last year, but it screams of like my Jaguars exposure last year where it was like, I don't know, this whole offense is really cheap, right? Byron print. I can get the wide receiver too, who I think is pretty decent in the 17th round. I can get this rookie, you know, third round pick in the 18th round, Justin Fields is a running quarterback, you know, and he's cheap or whatever. And then you get to, you, we fast forward to week 10 and the bears are the lowest scoring offense in the NFL and just a total dumpster fire. And I'm like, what the fuck was I doing drafting all of these bears? Like Khalil Herbert is getting passed by Tristan Ebner or whatever at running back. And you're just like, that was a horrible, horrible decision. My uh, wide receiver. I'm glad you made me look through this is Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, I, where, I I almost feel like he's too obvious of an answer. Yeah. Where it's like it's like he's going to be splitting slot snaps with James. He's Crowder. just the starting slot receiver. Like, why is Jameson Crowder preventing Isaiah McKenzie I, from being the starting? Like, who cares about Jameson Crowder? So Isaiah, uh, so Jameson Crowder is uh, is on a one year four million dollar deal, and I believe he is twenty nine. Isaiah McKenzie is a two year four and a half million dollar deal. So it's, it's like effectively the same thing. It's, it's like, they're paying him the same amount of money. It's like, you see this in the NBA where actually giving the guy the second year means you like him more than giving yeah. him more money for one year, because you, you see a, like, uh, like Lonnie Walker with the Lakers, great example of this, where like they gave him the, they gave him the one year deal just because 
they need a guy who plays his position, but they don't like think he's great. Whereas they gave Damian Jones the two year deal because they think he might actually be able to develop into a guy that they can use. So I and so I kind of wonder if that's what's I wonder if they like McKenzie more than Crowder, honestly. I think that we've just been so predisposed to Jamison Crowder being a starting NFL wide receiver for such a long period of time that it's it's we just go in and say, oh, well, of course, they signed this guy who's been the starting slot receiver for the Jets and been productive when like Isaiah McKenzie was held back by Cole Beasley last year and Cole, you know, Cole Beasley finally kind of turned to dust, but he'd been really good, like really good. There's a reason why Isaiah McKenzie wasn't playing. And it was because they have Stefan Diggs and, and Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis and Manny Sanders and John Brown, like really good football players in front of him. Jamison Crowder had Braxton Berrios and like Vincent right. Smith and like, you know, so I, I and I, I don't. Jamison Crowder, Crowder is entering into year eight and has never had a thousand yard season. And his best ever season came with Kirk Cousins when every other Washington <laughs> football team wide receiver was dead. I think that was the first uh, that was final the, I ever made. Uh, that in, was uh, uh, that was the that was the Jordan Reed year where Jordan Reed yeah. was amazing and then got injured, obviously. I, uh, this was back when the Sunday night game was on the main slate yeah. and, uh, I made the, my, my first King of the beach, I think what was that like 2015 or something like that. Uh, uh, give or take anyway, not that that's not important, but I also just pulled up the Jamison Crowder contract according to this is if you just Google it, but according to Spotrack, the Buffalo bills and Jamison Crowder agreed to a one-year deal worth 2 million, but it only has a base salary of 1.1 million. So like he's making nothing, you know? So oh, so it's all, it's all incentives based. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he's not even making anything, but he just has this name where we've always been interested in Jameson Crowder and we never really have an Isaiah McKenzie. And I think Isaiah McKenzie could just be that much better than that. I mean, he was pretty good uh, for, for the bills last year, especially down the stretch. And when Colby's Lee was hurt, I think I, I've been, I wasn't, t- he's one of the guys that I'm trying to rectify where I was like, how did I miss this, you know, in, or in May or whatever. Um, like you said, with Godwin, I just kind of didn't do the math and didn't, didn't uh, play this out probably like I should have and project it how I think I should have. And now I'm like, I really think I need to get a lot more McKenzie, like a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, all right, dude, let's get out of here. Let's go enjoy. Yep. Let's go enjoy our day. Tell people why they should sign up for the new tools over on spike week with draft IQ. Yeah, pretty excited for every, we're, we're continuing to uh, build on our main tools called draft IQ. You can see everything about your entire best ball portfolio and, and not just for underdog. I think the easiest sell is like, uh, if you want to see what your exposures are on DraftKings. You, you can do that in like two clicks um, in, in this tool. Like I was wow, tweeting about that's it. That's amazing. Or, or, yeah. Like I was, I, and I, you can see ev- anything, everything you can see in our tools with underdog or with drafters, you can see it with DraftKings too. Combinations of players. That's something in within the last week. Like you can go and search. I was searching this morning. Like I want to see my Trey Lance and MVS teams because those are like two guys I'm really, really in on. Like now I'll go search like Isaiah McKenzie and whatever, uh, Tyrion Davis price, but you can search for combinations of players and then you can see what stacks you have with them. You can see your week 17 stacks. You can see just like kind of anything and everything. I was talking earlier about seeing my average ADP on a player, right? So uh, we didn't actually talk about Gabe Davis, but he's a player I took a big stand on early. And so like I have all my average ADP on Gabe Davis is really, really low. You can see that really easily in the, in the tool, but now I know, like, I don't have to drop Gabe Davis anymore. If I don't, if I don't want to at the new cost. And so we're continuing to build on that thing. And it's really just, 
a tool, like I said, that allows you to see anything and everything you want to see about your entire best ball portfolio. Like all we can really see right now on the sites is just like, what percentage do I have of this player? But like, I have, I have 45% Trey Lance on DraftKings and I go and I look and I'm like, I actually only have like four stacks of the week 17 game with the Raiders. Cause I just didn't end up with Renfro or Devante or whatever on those Trey Lance teams. And if I don't know that, I don't know when I should stop drafting or start drafting other uh, other players. And so I'm just trying to give a look. Honestly, I'm just building it for myself, just building it for the things that I want to see. And I think it's it's really, really beneficial for everybody. So that's the big thing I would I would push draft IQ on Spike Week. It's only 25 bucks a month um, and we're going to continue to add more and more tools, some in-season tools so you can actually like sweat your teams a little bit better than uh, the current formats. All sorts of fun stuff that we're working on. Yep. Love to see it. All right, boys, we're getting out of here. Happy 4th. We will uh, we'll be back later in the week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.